0: hey fed heads welcome back to another episode of sharing our pairings this is sharing our pairings episode 135 i i decided i was going to start uh including the the number since every week i have to put it in the youtube and the podcast description um but i always forget what number it is so i have to go back and check um so if i say it at the beginning of the episode that way i'll remind myself um this is episode 135 the la aurora adn dominicano um I'll show you the cigar right there for our, our video viewers. Um, this has a real nice looking band on it, like before we get into anything. Um, it but feels before we start talking, yeah, but before we start talking about the cigar, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm excited about this. Um, I'm your host, Trip. I'm here with my co host, Dennis. Dennis, how you doing today, brother?
1: What's up, brother? Doing good. Little good. technical
0: difficulties on my side, but hopefully worked them out. It's always got to be something. Every right, single right, time. Right, and it's never right, the same right, thing. Five, five minutes. Um, yep. So, yeah, we're smoking the La Aurora ADN Dominicano. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the cigar in just a minute. But I want to talk about some news. There's some big news today in the cigar industry. So, first, Zykar was acquired by quality importers, which seems crazy. Um, like I, th- I thought Zycar was kind of one of the juggernauts of the accessories industry. Um, and they got bought by one of the other juggernauts of the accessories industry. Oh, I'm losing Dennis. Maybe we won't talk about Zykar. Maybe he hung up. Dennis, are you there? Nope. Um. Oh, now I can hear. I can hear movement. Uh. Well, so Zykar got purchased, of course, by Quality Importers. Um. I'm really curious what this means because I know that it, it there were some changes to the uh um the way that Paleo handled things. They moved production out of the U.S. Um to china which um as far as i know i think zycar's are already produced in china so that's not going to be a big deal um but i I just i'm curious to see how the quality is going to change how the customer service is going to change uh if those things change at all um i think dennis is coming back but i can't tell he may be going offline entirely sorry about this guys as we were saying technical difficulties every time um so i'm going to talk about the cigar then and i may have to talk about it again if dennis isn't aware of all the details so i'm smoking the the robusto trying to get it to focus there um and we were talking about the band a little bit i'm sure we'll talk about that a little more but i want to talk about the tobacco so uh the the adn uh for those who don't know underneath it says you can see it if i can get it on camera it's very small not only does it say adn dominican it says dominican dna Um, so adn is actually the spanish translation of dna um, and they wanted to kind of bring in the DNA of Dominican tobacco. So they went with one of the oldest fermentation techniques, uh, which is called andulo or andullo, I guess. Um, and that is where, rather than using polones, which we've talked about a lot on the show, if you're not aware of polognes, are, um it's where you take the tobacco leaves and you, you uh, put them into hands, which is like 50 leaves that are basically stacked like that and then tied with a ribbon or something similar at the bottom. And then they lay those in piles of two to 5,000 pounds, um, usually about between 3 and 5 feet tall, as far as I've seen. Um, and they just sit there. And that pressure of them sitting there and uh, fermenting causes heat, which causes them to ferment more. And they're very tightly controlled uh, throughout the fermentation process. And with Andulo, they actually do it a little bit differently. What they actually do is they take, I believe top of my head, I don't remember the number. I believe it's 50 pounds of tobacco. And rather than using polones, they roll it in these bundles um, that I've, I've seen them at the IPCPR. I think they're about three and a half or four feet long. Um, and then they wrap them in palm leaves and they just ferment inside of that. Um, and you kind of end up with this big brick of fermented tobacco at the end. Um, and. As far as I've been told, La Aurora found a process where rather than the typical and, duo, and duo process, which is shaving off um, the leaves, they actually are able to extract the entire leaves and then use those leaves in the filler for this cigar, um, which you can kind of see if it'll focus there. No, no focus. Well, I can see Dennis, so that's a good sign. Um, I don't can think I now? can hear him. Yes, I can hear you.
1: Yes, awesome. There we go. Okay, uh, I, I stepped into some kind of a vortex.
0: Yeah, the, the internet vortex—it'll get you every time. Um, so I was talking about the—I don't—I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't remember if I told how much I told you about it after I learned about it. Um, but the ADN—the reason it's called the ADN is because that means DNA in Spanish. Um, and they wanted to bring in the old style of fermentation of tobacco leaves, and so rather than using polones, which obviously We've been to Nicaragua together. You've seen P- Uh, They wrap up these like 50-pound bundles of tobacco and then wrap them in a palm leaf, and then those bundles oh, yes. ferment. And you end up with like this big brick, and then uh, they, are, they are able to convert that brick back into leaves. They're basically able to pull the leaves out of the brick, um, which I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about that because I know how they do it. I just don't know if they publicized it, and I don't want to spill the beans uh, if they don't want that information out there i'd love Um, to see that in person too they actually had one at the ipcpr uh if you go to half wheel uh their review they've actually got a picture from the ipcpr booth uh last year i think it was was it the 2017 or 2016 it was the 2017 ipcpr um they had one of those on display in the booth which was really cool um and that's actually another thing that i had no idea about which i don't know like once i heard the word and do I don't know how I didn't connect the dots, but Anduyo is where the Andalusian bull comes from as well, um, because the Andalusian bull actually uses some of the same tobaccos. And I've been talking so much while uh, Dennis was offline that my cigar is going out. I was, you know, I was
1: really pleasantly surprised when I, I had a, I had one of these uh, over the weekend. So pleasantly surprised, not what
0: I expected, but in a really good way. Yeah, it's. Um, I was telling somebody a few days ago that La Aurora can kind of fall into the rut of feeling like one of the old cigar brands because they are the oldest cigar brand in the Dominican Republic. Um, And it can feel like they're just making, you know, they're just making the same style cigars they made 10, 20 years ago. Um, And this cigar really showcases that they know how to, they know how to make some real good cigars um, with flavors that you're not used to. And you haven't tasted before. It's got like, to me the smoke has kind of a texture to it that's a little different i'm trying to figure out how to explain it um but there's like this white pepper note that hits your tongue in a weird way um and it reminds me a little bit of like a uh, a szechuan peppercorn mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of like a spice that sticks to your tongue a little bit and and kind of hangs around and lingers in a good way um i'm really enjoying it we got a shout out from bob the cigar guy what up bob um if you haven't checked out Bob the Cigar Guy's reviews, he has some, uh, some fun reviews. And I've got audio feedback. There we go. Um, yeah, so let's get into uh, talking about the pairings a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk about my first pairing here. My first pairing is from Sierra Nevada. And I still don't have video for you, which is weird. I have it in the little preview window, but not in the normal window. But I'm not going to worry about that because it's showing up just fine on Facebook, um, <laughs> I think. Actually, I messed it up on Facebook. There we go. Um, and technical difficulties all around. So this is Sierra Nevada yep. stout with cold brew coffee. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Sierra Nevada before I talk about the beer. Um, they are kind of lar- they're largely credited as kind of starting the craft beer revolution. And even though they're certainly not a microbrewery anymore, they make I think I think I read. They make like a million barrels a year or something like that. Um, which is a ton of beer. That's like
1: 30, what is it, 31 million gallons, right? A barrel is about
0: 31 gallons. That's a lot of beer. It's a ton of beer. Um, But they still have, like, to me, I know know probably not everybody agrees, but to me they still have that craft spirit, even though you can get it in, as far as I know, every state that I've been to has had Sierra Nevada at least available somewhere. Um, And if you go into a bar that doesn't really have any micro brews or anything like that chances are they're still going to have sierra nevada pale ale um and sierra nevada was founded in 1979 they brewed their first beer in 1980 which was that pale ale uh that comes in the bottle with that green label that's kind of uh i don't know if i'd use the word iconic but uh it's definitely got that kind of uh whoa your focus just did a weird thing there um it's definitely kind of got that uh it's a bottle that when you see it from across the room you know exactly what it is uh, which is exactly what they want um so they have they have good marketing i think um and they've never stopped pushing uh like i hate the word i hate the phrase pushing the envelope but they've never stopped uh creating like interesting craft beers and this was in one of their uh fall samplers um so this one is a obviously a coffee stout and comes in at 6.2 percent abv 53 ibus uh the only hops are nugget for both uh wet hopping and dry hopping or i guess not really wet hopping boil and dry hopping uh and then the malts are two row pale caramel chocolate wheat and brown malt uh and then of course add cold brew coffee to that um so i'm gonna take a little taste of this here and um my uh my contact at la aurora advised that we drink something that's sweet and rich um and that was he actually emailed me that right before i made my selection so then i was like all right i got (laughs) some good ideas here so i figured this would be a nice way to start with sweet and rich um and i've got one that i'm expecting to be much sweeter and much richer a little bit later um so i'm gonna take a couple sips and see what i think while you talk about your first
1: man sweet and rich that sounds good And, and knowing me of course, the first thing I always jump to is an IPA. And there's a reason for that. I had this over the weekend, the cigar, and I got this really unique spice. And I thought, you know what, that might actually work really well. It's the, that flavor that you mentioned that you can't quite put your finger on. And it's almost like a peppercorn. To me, it's a little bit tannic. It sticks on the tongue almost like a tannin would. And so I thought I need something that's sort of an IPA, but not it. a, not a typical in your face, really dry IPA, more of a, you think like a, a New England IPA or a lactose-based IPA or something a little creamier. So I went with yeah. funky beer I picked up also over the weekend um, from Shabin Brewing, which is out in uh, Walcott, Connecticut. And it's called These Hops. And it's a pale ale. And it's it's pretty cool because it's, uh, it's all wet hopped. And for those of you that don't know, wet hopping is basically you take the hops off the vine, you throw them right in. You don't process mm-hmm. them. You don't dry them. You don't do anything with them. And it gives a slightly different profile. But it also means that generally when you have a beer with, with a lot of wet hops, you have to do it during the season when they're fresh. Yeah. Um, and I had this beer over the weekend and it blew me away. And then I realized that it's, it's a year old. It's, it's <laughs> that they stopped production in, in 2016, uh, or I guess a little wow. more than a year old. Yeah, so 2016 was the last production of this beer. And I just happened to find it in the store all the way in the back uh, in the fridge. And what I was saying before is it's got that sort of the cloudiness, right? The cloudy, creaminess. It's a different type of hop flavor, and it's a little bit more uh, subdued and round. I Mm -hmm. think it's probably the best way to put it. It's a little rounder flavor. Comes at a 5.3%, which is nice. You know, sessionable. Sessionable. Yeah, Uh, and I think it's working really well. Like the first third of the cigar, man, it fits really nicely with those initial flavors as the cigar warms
0: up. Mm -hmm. I'm digging it. Yeah, so I'm I'm finding the beginning of this, uh, it definitely has like that, spice that kind of lingers on your palate and then uh, a very spicy retrohale. but it's also got like a kind of creamy coffee bitterness that i really like and that is actually really well complemented by the coffee stout um i feel like i don't taste the coffee stout as much but it definitely brings out some of the coffee flavor in the cigar um oh, we got a shout out from nate mcintyre who's the uh, um he's the oh man if i try to say it i'm gonna mess up his title he's the marketing coordinator at uh miami cigar who of course uh distributes la aurora cigars here um and he he's the one that told me sweet and rich um <laughs> and this one's not really sweet it's not as sweet as i thought it would be um but it's definitely got like that richness from the, the dark malts and the coffee but i'm used to stouts being a little sweeter than this this is a little more kind of dry and hoppy than i was expecting is it? Uh, do you find it's a little bit thinner than typical stout? Absolutely. Um, I, I think this is, like I was talking about last week, I had that imperial stout called Syntax, um, the peanut butter stout. And that one tastes thin, but it's because it's kind of over carbonated feeling. Um, so I think if I let this sit out for like an hour, it might warm up a little bit and settle down and kind of get a little more, uh, a little more rich. And a little more viscous, which is I mean, I always talk about how viscosity is yep. key in a stout for me.
1: And and John actually in the forum in the in the chat earlier this week, he made a really good point. I think maybe it was yesterday. He talked about the aftertaste, which is yeah. really just as important as the initial flavor. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to see
0: how that develops. Me too. I'm I'm um I think I'm guessing that even though I kind of like the coffee notes, um, not really competing, but comp playing off of each other. I think it's going to be better when I go back to it at the end of the show. Um, before we get into our second pairing, we're going to take a quick break here for one of our sponsors. We'll be right back uh, with more with the ADN Dominicano. So whatever you're- All right, we're back with sharing our pairings. Episode 135, uh, La Aurora ADN Dominicano. See if I can cover up my face enough for it to focus. There we go. Sort of. You're getting too much fingernail. I don't like that much fingernail showing up in my uh, in my videos. <laughs> um, so a, first, a couple. I was trying to remember what I was thinking about while we were on the break. I just wanted to shout out a couple of our, uh, our live viewers who are shouting us out. Chico Ray, Ruben Goodblood, and a couple of fine, loyal viewers of Cigar Chat and sharing our pairings. And I'm going to show off my next one here. I bought this because it's got a cool bottle, and it was on sale. Um, so this is Stone Double Barrel Whiskey. and Interestingly, there's uh, not a ton of information available on it. As far as I can tell, it's owned by uh, a company that has never made another liquor and is distilled, I believe, by a local company here called Indio Spirits. Uh, They're kind of most well known for their vodkas. They have a couple of like uh, interesting vodkas. They have a uh, one that my father in law really likes in Bloody Marys is their cucumber vodka. Um or no, sorry, lemongrass lime is the one that he puts in Bloody Mary's. Um the cucumber one is Sounds from a different company. Um but I know they bottle the whiskey. I'm not a hundred percent sure that they distill it. Um, but they do give you a little bit more information than a lot of companies do. So they say this is barrel number 18, bottle number two hundred and six out of that barrel. Um, and it was bottled on 512 2016. The mash is 40% rye, 30% corn, and 30% barley, uh, which means, of course, you can't call it a bourbon uh, because it, it doesn't meet the 51% corn. Uh, you, you can't call it a rye because it doesn't meet the 51% rye. So it's just a, um, I guess the categorization would be an American whiskey. Um, and they talked about it just a little bit on their website. I don't think they talk about it here on the uh, on the bottle at all. But on their website, they... They kind of uh, offhandedly mention that it's a moonshine recipe, but they don't go into much detail about mm-hmm. that. They just say that it's kind of got the, the life of a moonshine or something like, something weird like that, you know, some sort of flowery words. Yeah, sounds, um, and, sounds exotic. Yeah, and it, they double barrel it. Um, and, I mean, I just got to say their marketing is not great. Their website is not great. Um, and there's kind of, I'm now noticing there's conflicting information on both of those <laughs> uh, because it says on the on the website it says they're aged in i think it says new but it, maybe it doesn't um it yeah. says it's aged in charred american white oak barrels um but that's all they say about it on the bottle it says that it's aged in bourbon barrels and finished in rye barrels so i'm guessing both of those are second use barrels so they're this, they're not brand new barrels it's a barrel that's previously held bourbon and a very barrel that's previously held rye and they don't give any information on how old it is which of course um simply calling it whiskey they don't have to there's no minimum age it could have been in there for a day um but it's got a, a pretty good dark caramel color with my weird distorted face in there um i'm gonna take a couple sips see what i think a stone double barrel as you can tell i've already had a couple sips of this bottle yeah um but i haven't really paired it with a cigar before so i'm interested to see how it pairs um so what's your next pairing dennis so quick question for you so there's no affiliation with stone brewing right no Uh, okay that's what i initially thought when i saw it um so i've talked about it before here in oregon we can actually look up liquor on the oregon liquor website and uh i saw this and i was like a stone made of whiskey i cannot believe it i can't wait to try it and then uh when i did a little research it was like oh okay this is a different whiskey company um and then it popped up on the sales so it went from like 35 bucks to 20 and i was like i might as well pick up a bottle so i just i went to my local shop and picked up a bottle just to see how it is
1: interesting okay my second pairing i think a lot of people watching the show probably have had at some point have seen at some point it's pale ale a little bit hotter 6.3 i believe Let's say 6.3. 6. Oh, 3. I, know, I know what this is going to be already. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, so, yeah.
1: So this is a, a go-to. This is always in my fridge all the time. Anywhere I go, I always have Dale's LL from Oscar Blues. And interesting distinction. So this comes from the North Carolina brewery, not the huh. Colorado one. And I think they actually, yeah, they put it on the can as well. They put it on the bottom of the can. But uh, um, Oscar Blues is out in Colorado. They're based originally out of Colorado. And they opened up shop in uh, North Carolina and Texas as well. I think two locations in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. So those guys are, are expanding.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Pretty, pretty far. Yeah, they're kind of awesome. one of the really really early craft beer companies um, that has grown immensely, but is still kind of holds that craft vibe uh, where they they like making yes. weird beer. They like um, you know quality is more important to them than pumping out beer as fast as they can.
1: And from, from what I know, I spoke to a couple of the reps years ago, and they said, yeah, man, we just we go to work, we make the beer during the day, we take up whatever we have to take care of in the warehouse, and then the rest of we have free time, we go outside and work on our bikes. That's it. <laughs> they wrench they wrench on motorcycles, they make some beer, they hang out, and they make some great stuff. It's a gorgeous pale ale, um, easy drinking, just a great beer all around. A little bit hoppier than the first one. Um, it's got more of that hop bite, but I think it works really well with the – three minutes of the cigar
0: yeah um and chico ray says la aurora is going to be at the pro cigar event um yep. i don't remember seeing them on the schedule but uh the schedule is day very four, confusing because five. it's like every day there's six different options yeah. um but i i'm hoping that we get to go see their factory that would be kind of awesome um dennis and i of course are both going and he says safe travels to me maybe he didn't know you were going um yeah <laughs> oh, but we'll good. both be there it should be a fun uh, trip. Yeah, I'm very excited. It'll be my first time in the Dominican Republic um, and my first time seeing cigar factories that aren't in Nicaragua. I've seen like half the factories in Esteli, um, but I haven't seen any of them in the DR. So I'm excited to see how different it is. Um, And of course, just see, you know, the rest of the people in the cigar media and all the cigar consumers that are going to be there. It's always it's always fun going to big events like that.
1: And it's always it's always so nice when you get to just sit down and hang out. Basically, yeah, you're hanging out. You're talking, you know, it feels very casual. Even the the four events are always just so casual and nice.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, the stone whiskey is weird. Um, I wasn't sure if it was because when I was drinking it before, I just kind of it became my. I gotta drink something, so I might as well drink a glass of this. Um, Like, I would drink it with dinner, drink it while watching TV or whatever. But now that I'm focusing on it, I'm noticing it just does not have that much character, at least on the nose. Mm. Um, Like, it smells a little bit like rye, but there's not a lot of barrel. So I would guess that this was barreled for, like, under a year or something like that. Like, not very long. It it smells more like it was uh, in a i don't know just like it was aged for a very short period of time which is surprising
1: to me Mm -hmm. so basically what you're saying is it's a great whiskey for when you're on your lawnmower Mm mulling
0: on the yard okay fair enough yeah and, and on the palate it's um i mean now that i'm focusing on it and thinking about it more it does taste like moonshine it tastes like moonshine that spent a little time in a barrel um it doesn't really taste like whiskey you know uh i mean it doesn't have that oakiness or that vanilla sweetness really um you're you're getting much more flavor from the spirit than you are from the barrel uh which is atypical of a whiskey typically in a whiskey you're tasting mostly barrel and then some of the spirit kind of accents how the barrel tastes hmm. i'm talking so much i'm trying to keep my cigar from going out
1: you know now that i'm i'm, I'm trying so hard not to smoke through this cigar I'm, I'm really enjoying the cigar and i always smoke fast anyway but um I'm about that, I took the band off about that far in, and I talked about creamy flavors developing a little bit more. Now I'm getting close oh, yeah. to the middle of the cigar. It's gonna sound weird, but it's almost like a starchy cream, if that makes sense. Almost like think think like plantains in a weird, like sweet, starchy kind of way.
0: I I kind of know what you mean. You get that? Uh, it's uh, it's like a mouth coating creaminess. that kind of yes. sticks to your palate. Exactly. Open. Exactly. And it's really
1: nice, and it's standing up really well to even, you know, Dale's Pale Ale, a lot hoppier. Mm-hmm. They call it a, a Mountain Pale Ale because I guess they use a mountain of hops to brew it. And
0: uh, it's standing up pretty well to it. And and Nate says it's a slow smoker for sure. It makes you take your time. Yes. Um, and I, I absolutely definitely. agree with that. This ta- It tastes like that kind of cigar that uh, if you smoke it too fast, it will punish you. Yes. Uh, which uh, I've had many cigars that are like that. If you if you start smoking a little bit too fast, you know, cuz it gets it gets that like cloying bitterness on the palate and it uh, it gets overly spicy and it just reminds you, hey buddy, slow down a little bit. Which I you know, I don't I don't mind that quality. I'm not I don't, I'm not the type that's going to smoke through that. I'm going to think about it and slow down a little bit if I yeah. if I end up doing Yeah, same that. here. Um and I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show this cigar, like, before it's lit, you pull it out of the cellophane and you smell it, and it smells amazing. I can't describe it, but it, it reminds me of, like, damp tobacco. Yeah, I
1: was going to say, like, when you're at the farm and you go to the barn and you yeah. smell, like, the soil and the tobacco, and it's almost like, I don't want to call it manure, but it's it's got that richness to it.
0: Yeah, it's intense and rich. I I really liked the, like... It's one of those things, it reminded me of, uh, I don't know, like a whiskey like Lafroy or Lagavulin, where you could smell it for a day oh, yeah. taking a sip. Yes,
1: yes. Like, I could definitely. just sit
0: here and, and smell the cigar. And N- N- Nate says that's exactly, that's you. Andu- 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 that's what it smells like. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, we're going to take another break. I'm going to try to make sure my cigar doesn't go out during the break. Um, and we'll be right back with our final pairing. And we're back. Um, my last one, I didn't, I tried to do a little research and I couldn't get much information on it. Um, but I wanted to, it's, it's just a really interesting packaging method. Um, so first it's sealed with wax and if it'll focus here, they put their logo in the wax, which is really cool. So it's like a wax seal that's on, on top of the bottle. And this is Stormbreaker Brewing's barrel age series. It is the old Imperial stout. Stop seeing my face. Oh, good good. Yeah, oldie. Like that. Yeah. Um, and it's got like this interesting 500 milliliter bottle. And st- like it's in between a 12 ounce and a 22. Um, I'm trying to remember how much 500 milliliters is. I think that's 16.9 ounces. Um, so it's a little bit less than a bomber, but a little bit more than your typical beer. And I opened this up because I couldn't find information on it. And it says peel here. I opened this up. Oh, cool. They've got. The description here inside the label, Um, but it was so good, I just thought I would read the whole thing because it's like, it's called Chapter One, Barrel-Aged Old Imperial Stout. Many moons ago, Sir Madoff and Sir Wolf from distillery at Bull Run joined Sir Rob, Sir Dan, and Young Martell at Stormbreaker Keep, not for the mere purpose of talking or discussing, but for brewing. And brew they did. Before the sun awoke, the grain was milled and the mash ton reached temperatures worthy of such an occasion sir wolf cried for an imperial stout while sir rob urged (laughs) for an old ale then they heard it a small voice barely audible over the sounds of the auger why not both the voice said why not indeed they all thought simultaneously they scrambled to get the grain bill just so and worked with tireless abandon as the hands of the clock turned over and over again this hybrid ale began to take form the combination yielded more caramel flavors and lighter toasted flavors of coffee and chocolate than previously imagined. Sir Madoff raised a glass and with a glimmer in his eye offered many a barrel for aging, but not any barrel. This beer was then set forth to age a full rotation around the sun in American oak high rye bourbon barrels that were aged for over 10 years. And that is why till this day they come from all realms to taste what was created that day. Then the voice was heard again and pleaded for more. And it was the voice of dot, dot, dot. And that's the end. Oh, uh, it's just Goosebumps. Such a, I got goosebumps. It's such a cool way to do a beer description. Um, and, and the way, like, it's, like, if you look at this, you may not notice it first, but it's a book. And those uh, are the pages. Oh, yeah. And so you're, you're opening the book to read about the beer. Um, and then, of course, it just says that it was brewed at Stormbreaker. Um, has their address. Dude, we have to do, like, Cigar Federation story time. <laughs> we have to. That was good, man. I I just think that's such good marketing. Um, and this was a limited edition beer that they did at, they did a release party at the uh, the Bull Run Distilling facility downtown Portland. Um, but it's it's now available kind of on shelves around here. So I'm not sure how much distribution it's getting. I'm guessing not much because it seems like kind of a, Limited release, um, but I'm I'm looking forward to this one. It's got like I'm already really impressed by the packaging. Oh, and I I did also want to mention when I was trying to find this beer, which isn't even on their website, I had to find it through the Facebook event where they released the beer to get any more details about it, which there wasn't much. Um, but while I was looking through, I saw some of their other limited releases that have come out recently. One of which is a hazy IPA called Hazy. So hot right now uh because that's exactly what it is here like everybody's making a hazy pale ale now. oh man oh. all right i'm gonna dig into this <laughs> while you talk about your last pairing dennis are you still there
1: before i get into my last pairing i just wanted to go back for a minute and mention something else about the brewery so should be in here yeah yeah there we go no. your your audio was behind by a little there, bit don't i don't really know more. what the hell that's odd okay so i just wanted to go back to my first pairing quickly and mention something else about Shabin brewing from connecticut they are, so they started in 2013, something pretty cool. They do a lot of contract work and they on their website, you can see a section that says, hey, if you want to make a beer with us, come on down. We'll make a um, they do 15 and 30 BBLs. So wow. that's like, I'll tell you right now, that comes out to, so at, at minimum, you can make 65 gallons of a beer. And I, they didn't put any pricing info on it, but they made it seem like affordable for just anybody to come by and make here uh oh am i losing uh, you dennis and, and it's all on house so it's not like it's a an brewing thing where you have to pay for the whatever excise taxes you have to pay for the materials it, it's all in i'm not sure Uh-oh. oh 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 now man oh yeah now i can hear yeah
0: you. all right what, uh what was the last part you heard um i it's weird i could hear pretty much everything you were saying um but it started to go in slow motion yeah. And then at a certain point it just started like slowing down to a crawl. And then oh. it suddenly caught up. It was really weird. Okay. Very weird. I mean all all of it's just overpacked right now. Maybe. Um, so when are you going to be going over there to uh to get some contract brewing done? Dude, i um, we <laughs> Oh man. Talked about earlier today. We
1: gotta do Allen's we can can't
0: demand so cut it out. Yeah, it, that was real bad. Say your ah. say your whole answer there again. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. Man, this episode's a mess. Uh,
1: gremlins, man. We got gremlins
0: everywhere. I don't know. What... Uh, give By us a now? second. We're going to go into standby mode for a minute um, so that we can see if we can figure this out. All right. Somehow Dennis got Skype working again. Oh, no. Um, now you're choppy. He, he may have sacrificed uh, a goat, something similar. Um, but I can hear him again. So that's good um so did you you didn't even get into your last pairing yet did you, you oh no me? can you hear me now we good yeah i can hear you just fine awesome okay i'm not sure what happened so let me
1: get into my last pairing before this thing dies on me all right um skype is not playing well today it seems like so my last pairing You still there mm-hmm. uh-oh
0: you're losing me now i think so all right hopefully. we're back uh hopefully hopefully that's the end of those problems so now why don't you talk about your final pairing?
1: Last pairing, something kind of special to me. Uh, I got from my my first trip and recent trip to Cuba back in November. Um, Van Club Seven. I was thinking a rum would go really well with this. Which, as a non-rum drink, uh, this stuff is fantastic. Yeah, thought you know what? Let me try rum and let me try something that's not as refined as a you know a maestro or a, an older aged rum. I wanted to try a seven-year instead. I want to see how it fits. Just, you know, the spicy notes, the the nuances of the cigar, they're a little bit edgier. And I wanted to pair something Mm -hmm. also similarly edgy to the cigar, um, which is a a beautiful, hard to see, I guess, but beautiful rum. And, I mean, now as as the cigar is developing, the cigar is getting a little bit stronger, a little bit spicier, but those same flavors I mentioned before, the starchiness kind of, comes out more and it is really definitely i don't know how it is for you but it's really coating my tongue more intensely than it was before and i think that's uh, i'm gonna have to sip through it a little bit but i think it's gonna work
0: really nicely with the rum um I'm, i've been drinking while we've been having technical difficulties um i've been drinking some of my uh, barrel age chapter one from stormbreaker Brewing, and first of all this is a phenomenal beer um it's got like that chocolatey coffee richness with a little more hops than you would expect. Um, but it's not super dark, super chocolatey, um, as much as some stouts are. It definitely I can see why they're calling it like an old ale mixed with an Imperial Stout. It's still got kind of that uh that more like brown ale style leatheriness. Um, but then the barrel aging on this is so good. Um I mean when you barrel age a beer for a year. You get a lot of that booziness, a lot of that viscosity, and you get a lot of that kind of uh, that oak char making its way into the into the beer. And I wasn't sure if if this cigar would stand up to it, um, because I wouldn't call this a strong cigar. It's it's kind of medium, medium plus. Um, but I think it's it's absolutely got enough flavor to stand up to a beer like this, which ha- which has a ton of flavor. How is does the uh, Havana Club Seven pairing with it? Man, it
1: is unbelievably refreshing. That's the best way I can put it. Where the cigar is at right now with the rum, it's so refreshing together. And this is just, you know, it's not mixed with anything. It's just neat. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the seven was a really good choice. And normally that's a rum that a lot of people don't sip. Generally, they they try to mix it with something. And I think the perfect mixer for this rum is basically this cigar.
0: (laughs) That's Um, the only mixer you need. I've, I've featured that rum on the show a, a lot of times because I think that that rum has, I, I say it every time Cuban rum comes up, it's got that bitter character to it, but with the the sweetness and it's kind of rough around the edges in a good way, um, it's kind of a little more, uh, a little more brash than you expect a rum yes, to be. Yes, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. And I, I think it works. The flavors in that rum work really well with a, pretty much any cigar. Um, but I could see it going really well with this cigar in particular. Man, I, I, I audio looped back, huh? myself. Um, I, I refreshed the Facebook page to see what the latest comments were because wow. it, um, Facebook sometimes likes to stop showing me. Uh, and Chico Ray says that when we visit La Aurora, we need to ask for Manuel Inua, the master blender. He's awesome and very humble. Ooh, uh, very and nice. And then okay. Nate, Nate McIntyre says that, uh, the stormbreaker. Sounds amazing based on the story on the label alone, <laughs> and the wax seal too, right? I mean, that's a that's a nice little touch. It's kind yeah. of like when you go to the store and
1: you buy a bottle that has a, a cap, but it also has a cork. Mm-hmm. It's not really necessary, but it's kind of a nice little touch that adds to the whole.
0: Yeah, it kind of adds to the whole the experience feel of the beer. You even- Man, and I'm losing you again. <laughs> Please. oh i oh, don't no. <laughs> i i think you're back now but uh we got the know? last like 30 seconds of what I you were saying know. over but the course of a minute and a half all right you know what it is your your pipes aren't fat enough that's what it oh, is no they're not i got a
1: i got a fat in, those pipes. you know the moon that we had last night the the
0: super blue oh yeah moon. I'll blame you mm-hmm. it has to be it has to be that
1: that, that the from space. Like, What else could
0: it be? Solar flavor. I forgot to look at the moon last night. That's disappointing. Yeah, I'm sure there are pictures. You didn't miss much. Still yeah, I mean, it's just the moon. Brown, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't get over how good this beer is. It's so complex. Yeah, it's like, it's sweet, it's leathery, it's bitter, uh, it's got a ton of like whiskey flavor. Um, and it's.
1: What about the cigar? How's the. I don't know uh how's the cigar going
0: for you really well you can't really see it but this is a little lighter than it looks um it's kind of got like a dark a real dark red brown thing going on it's not quite as dark as you would expect a stout to be it's it's actually a little bit lighter than the sierra nevada so i gotta take a couple more puffs of the cigar before it goes out but then i'll talk about my thoughts on it it's got so there's so many different layers of flavor in this cigar it's got. I really that... like the way. It... Like you said, it's it's medium. Mm-hmm. Man, these issues are killing us. We keep talking over each other. I can't tell when you're talking and when you're not. Um, it's it's got that white pepper spice that kind of lingers a little bit and mean. Uh, and sticks to your tongue. Mean. Um, it... and it was great. All I heard was it was great. That's all we could hear. Um, so back to the cigar. It's got that white pepper spice that sticks to the tongue a little bit. It's got some, uh, some very sweet oakiness, I would call it. It's like a sweet wood kind of flavor. Um, it's a little more rich and dark than like a cedar. Um, and then it's got that creamy, that kind of creamy coffee component where the coffee isn't sticking to your palate, but the cream part is, uh, which is interesting. It just kind of like the flavor of the cigar develops as it sits on your palate. Dennis, you're back.
1: Interesting. I'm, I, I find it from my face, uh, uh, um, you know, I'm there is putting a little bit of cigar, but in, in a good way, it's balancing.
0: Hopefully right, you see, heard that. No, I didn't hear any of that. I just heard, hopefully, it's, I just heard it's balancing out. Um, so why don't you say that again? So, so we can all hear it. no. I love the – Dennis and I were talking about it before the show. I love the band on this cigar. It's got kind of that, uh, that trendy, new, uh, like unbalanced thing going on uh, where it's not quite symmetrical, um, which nice. is a new trend. But I really like how it looks on a cigar. And Nate says there's – he says there's quite a bit of Lajero in the filler, which I would believe. It's, um, it doesn't have that strength, but it has that richness that you get Makes from Lajaro.
1: Has my audio okay?
0: It is now for for at least the next ten it seconds. Is now, I fantastic! I have ten seconds to speak my mind. Well, uh, my rum pairing is going. Can say well. that your rum pairing is very well. No, it's I'm losing you again. Uh, let's go into standby mode. And see if we can get this figured out. One more. See how this Sorry, works? Let's make it happen. All hour. right. Let's see if this works this time. Um, we're gonna go a little bit over tonight because we have about ten minutes of silence that we have to pick up before I can recut the episode. Um, So Dennis, why don't you tell us about how that last pairing went?
1: (laughs) Hopefully I can, I don't know, we'll see. Um, Man, my last pairing is really nice. It's the rum is coating the tongue and cutting a lot of the intensity, in a good way, the intensity from the cigar, and really balancing those flavors that I I had at the beginning of the cigar and, and toward the middle of the cigar with the rum, all those flavors come back the richness the creaminess all the nuance is still there which is really cool and i think the rum is actually helping to balance it out um it's a it's a really nice pairing
0: overall so i would call the the stormbreaker uh, old imperial stout barrel aged in bull run distilling barrels um i'm not really sure what to call this it's got so many words on it that it's like it throws me for a loop every time i try to read the label but uh since we're, since we had some technical difficulties and we're going a little over here and uh, um, I don't want to just kind of run back through my pairings over and over again for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, I had a bottle sitting here and you inspired me to do a bonus pairing. So I'm going to try some rum. Oh, oh nice. 12. Um, good choice. I, I've just been keeping this in my garage, like at my desk here, so that at night when I'm just sitting out here smoking a cigar, it's like, I think I need a little Florida Canya that I've got just right there. Um, Good choice. I wish I had some Dominican rum to pair with it, but I I just don't have any. At least well, I don't you will think. Pretty soon. I, yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> I'll smuggle some back in my belly. Yeah, I mean the sweetness of the rum goes really well with the um, kind of sort of lack of sweetness of the cigar. It's not it's not that there's no sweetness, um, but it's not it's not a particularly sweet cigar um which which i kind of like um i mean for me when i um that for some reason that just made me think of when i first started smoking i thought i hated maduro i thought i hated maduro wrappers because in the early 2000s if you saw a maduro wrapper it meant either the the cigar was really strong or it was really really sweet um and i felt like everything was either too strong for me or too sweet so i thought i hated maduros um and it took me a while to come around to that um but this reminds me of that era where a, a kind of natural colored cigar didn't have a lot of sweetness. Um, and even though there's there's some sweetness from that like that creamed coffee, that kind of creamy kind of flavor, um, the the story of this one is more spice and savory flavors.
1: That's a, that's a really good point. I was going to say umami. Actually, I'm getting a mm. lot of umami from the processing of the tobacco to, to, to go into the cigar. And I, I think it's really cool because it's a different... Looking at it, I expected a totally different flavor profile than what I got.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's got refreshing. That, it's got so much spice on the retrohale that I'm I'm really surprised by that in particular. Um, that's that's the main thing that surprises me about this cigar. Especially um, considering it's really not that strong of a cigar, to be honest. No, no, definitely not. It's it's got it's got strength, but it's more richness than strength. Yes. Um, but then the retrohale is uh is very spicy. All right, I got to take another sip of this Florida Cognia. Yeah, the the sweetness of the rum really really plays up some of the more savory flavors in the cigar. And I I have to say, because of our uh, our technical difficulties, I almost forgot we have one last uh, commercial break. Uh, we don't go anywhere, but we will tell you that this section segment is brought to you by Drew Estate. Smoke them they good. Um, I feel I feel bad doing doing Logan's old read, which was just. Mmm, they're good. And then be done with it. Um, I feel like I have to at least plug something. Um go on safari, meet the people, talk to the people, experience what it means to
1: just be there at, at the at the farms, right? See the, the factory, see the the process behind the cigars that like most of us, if not all of us, love and smoke. I mean, even if you don't smoke Drew Estate, get some. You're gonna have a cigar that you like from those guys. They make a ton of different stuff.
0: Yes, yeah, and stuff actually, painted too. Yeah. Now, now that you mentioned Safari, um, we've been talking a little bit about how we're going to the DR in a couple of weeks. Uh, no matter where you go, if you're going on a uh, a factory tour of a of a cigar factory, it's going to be awesome. Um, that's yeah. my experience. Drew Estate makes it feel more like a, a spa weekend kind of thing, where you're you're busy, you're doing stuff all the time, but it's the most accessible way to kind of see how cigars are made um you don't have to invest an entire week in it uh you don't have to invest a ton of money um the only hard part is getting that ticket um because they're you know they sell out crazy fast so if you can go on cigar safari just do it it's it'll be worth it it'll it's the experience of a lifetime uh and if you if you happen to go with a group great you're going with a bunch of people you at least kind of know uh, if you're not going with a group, you're going to make a bunch great. of friends. Absolutely. Uh, back to the La Aurora, though. Man, I can't get over how good this cigar is. Oh man, Nate says when we're at the La Aurora factory, get a bottle of La Aurora rum. Oh my god! All
1: right, <laughs> gonna make it happen.
0: Yeah, that's gonna happen for sure. Um, yeah, this cigar just has—it's got so many flavors that I've never tasted in a cigar before that I can't identify. That it's—it's it's weird. It is. You're right. It
1: is weird. There's some flavors in there that I'm, I'm also kind of struggling to put, to put my finger on. And I'm still sticking to my guns on that that plantains thing. I don't know why that's just,
0: you know, my particular palate is a little weird. There's definitely a little bit of that like plantain banana kind of vegetal flavor. Yeah, um, that I yeah, I don't think I've tasted that in a cigar before. Um, so I, I've been talking about it for the last couple weeks. And the one of the hardest things about smoking cigars and particularly reviewing them and talking about them in, in a place like this um, is putting is naming the flavors. Yeah, uh, you taste the flavors, they go to your brain, and then the hard part is figuring out where have I tasted that flavor before, and you have to connect it with something that may taste kind of different, but you get the same feeling from it. Um, and I know we we've we've all given Charlie a lot of shit for the, his flavor notes (laughs) Um, but that's where those weird flavor notes come from is like where have i tasted this specific flavor before and uh maybe it's like a sushi roll or maybe it's a gyro or i don't know it's a seven year aged madagascar vanilla um but this particular cigar i have a hard time putting my finger on a lot of the flavors in this cigar like i taste I've, i've said white pepper over and over again there's oak there's a little bit of cedar there's some sweetness that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, there's definitely some some nuts, some like almonds and peanuts in there. I'm trying to figure out what else. Clementines. Yeah, there's definitely citrus in there. Clement, man,
1: you nailed it. It's it's oddly specific, I, and and maybe uh, some people may not get it, but that's you know for my palate, that's kind of the best thing I can think of.
0: Yeah, it's kind of um, there's like a orange peel kind of bitterness in there yeah the
1: exactly the yeah it's, it's a different different kind of uh different kind of bitterness. maybe even honestly to say to go deeper into it to call it maybe like the pith of of the clementine yeah which is an odd thing to talk about because when's the last time you heard somebody say that that word right
0: pith yeah yeah piffy <laughs> it's a little it just pithy, sounds but like hey. it sounds like mike tyson going to the bathroom <laughs> yeah. i had to take a pith um so i i Don't have any more of the Stone Whiskey, so I'm not going to return to that one. I mean, I I have more, but I'm not going to return to it because it's just, um, I I don't think that those flavors go with cigars at all. Um, I just went back and I tasted some of the Sierra Nevada Coffee Stout. I think it's actually, um, so as I said at at the uh, top of the show, that Nate sent me kind of his suggestion of sweet and rich, and the Coffee Stout, this Coffee Stout in particular, doesn't have enough sweetness or richness. Um, it's dark and malty, but then there's so much coffee flavor that it completely is blowing out my palate for the cigar right now. Um, let me taste this rum again. I mean, the sweetness for the, from the rum, I think, really highlights some of the, the more earthy, umami kind of flavors in the cigar. And I'm noticing that the cigar is getting a little less spicy now as I'm working my way into the final third. So I'm curious how, when I go back to this barrel-aged imperial stout, how it's going to do.
1: With my pairings, I'm starting to notice a little bit as I'm I'm pretty much at the at the end of the cigar. I'm starting to notice that the IPAs that were really good in the beginning, that fit really nicely with the flavor profile of the cigar, are kind of falling off a little bit. They're not they're not fitting as nicely with the cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so you know, going back to what Nate mentioned about hoppiness, um, Honestly, I feel like the any rum, but in my case, the the Havana Club Seven would be a great pairing from start to finish.
0: Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of rums that I can think of that would go really really well with this cigar. Uh, I mean, you're drinking Florida or uh, you're drinking Havana Club. I'm drinking Florida Cognia. Um, uh, Diplomatico comes to mind. Have you had that yeah. one? Yes. I I think that would go really oh, well with the cigar because it's got definitely. that sweet rich character. Yeah, it's really. Um, have you noticed in the last third that the the spice is kind of falling off? Yeah, I'm not getting much spice at all. It's it's actually getting kind of sweeter to me.
1: There's yeah. still definitely a little bit of bitterness there, but it's uh the the sweetness is coming out. It's more pronounced.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, the stormbreaker barrel-aged old imperial stout is the winner of the night. I'm trying to nice. hold it up in front of my face so we can get a good. Focus. it's a really nice
1: looking bottle the shape is great it's not typical it's uh it's definitely unique all around
0: there we go yeah I, I think this is just a nice looking bottle and i i really like the addition of that like turn the page kind of wrapper yeah um uh i'm i'm definitely gonna have to find out what chapter two is because i need to find out the rest of the story well you're gonna have to read it out loud for all of us of course of course <laughs> yeah if Dude, if you've been sleeping on this cigar, you made a bad decision. You should go. You should go buy some. Um, it's it's unlike any La Aurora I've ever had.
1: In a yeah, good uh, way. that's
0: that's a good point.
1: That's a very um, good point. Um, it, nothing, it stands out on its own.
0: Nothing against La Aurora, um, because Nate is watching. No, not only because Nate is watching, because I love their cigars. Um, but they they fall into that oh I've smoked that before category for most people. Um. And this is unlike anything else they've made. For me. And, oh, okay, Nate has one more, one more note for us. During the final third, when you get that sweetness, do a really long retrohale mm. and check that sweetness. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah. There's like a, uh, it's almost a chocolatey sweetness. That's a Boston cream right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, the best way I can put it is a Boston cream. For,
0: to me, me. for me, it reminds me of of, like a, uh, of milk chocolate on the retrohale not the cheap stuff either right the good stuff the milka mm-hmm. ad- yeah like a uh i'm trying to remember what kind of chocolate i had recently that my kids really liked it was like a it was a dark chocolate but it was very sweet and very creamy and that's what this reminds me on the retrohale like it's got that deep rich sweetness
1: you know i have to say a little bit of the funk on the cigar reminds me of talking about chocolate it reminds me of a uh classic hershey's milk chocolate and Hershey's milk chocolate is so popular, I don't know if anybody really knows, but it's so popular because the milk is a little bit sour. Yep. That's their secret. That's how they get their flavor.
0: Huh. I never, I, I've I noticed that flavor, but I, I didn't know that it had anything to do with the milk.
1: Yes. It's uh, Milton Hershey in the vat that they use to keep the milk in. It would sour just a little bit and they used it and thought, oh man, this is great. It tastes nothing like, you know, the Bavarian milk chocolates, the Austrian milk chocolates. Yeah or the Swiss, it was very distinctly different. And he jumped on that and and turned it into an empire.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that. All right. I think I'm ready to wrap up the show. I'm going to, I'm really going to finish this cigar. I think I'm going to nub this thing. Um, Like just the complexity of this is kind of astounding to me because it's, it's much more complex than I expected. All right. Well, any closing comments from you, Dennis, before I do the spiel? Yes. Honestly.
1: Get this if you haven't had this cigar. Go to a store, get one. Get a five pack. Get a box. It's for me like this is easily now that I've had a few, easily a box purchase. Really digging the nuances of the cigar. So give it a shot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Give it a shot if you haven't tried it before. um, This this cigar is worth trying, and it's something. It's it's just different. That's what makes it so good is that it's different. Um, I mean, everybody's always looking for the next the next big thing uh and this one is just it's got a lot of uh character that you're not going to get in anything else all right well thank you everybody for watching listening uh watching on youtube watching live on facebook thank you for commenting uh we appreciate you guys being there uh commenting liking what we do and we'll be back next week. We'll actually be back tomorrow. We're going to do another episode of Sharing Our Pairings tomorrow. Uh, if you've ever had Prairie's Bomb Imperial Stout, it's, a, it's an Imperial oh, yes. Stout aged with chocolate, vanilla, so good. Uh, coffee, and what's the last one that I'm missing? Chili's. Um, so we're going to be tasting the deconstructed version of that. Uh, they actually made a version of each of each of the ingredients highlighted exclusively. Um, So we're gonna be trying that tomorrow night with some Tatuaje K222s. Um, Tune in, see what we think. Thank you everybody for watching. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, we'll be back next week with another episode of Sharing Our Pairings back with uh, my normal co-host, Dennis. Uh, We want you to stay safe, have a great week, and we want you to drink better, but we want you to drink less.